0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the hub producing the show. And I tell you what, Mike, uh, my daughter-in-law celebrated her 33rd birthday yesterday with the Fogo de Chão. Chão. No, it's Fogo de Chão. Fogo de Chão. Chão. Oh, God. That's a place. Kind of, I mean, the concept so is... So, for those who don't know, the concept, it's like one of those Brazilian steakhouses, right? It's exactly what it is. Where it just means, like, green means go? Green means go, red means stop. Why you'd ever have the red side, I have no idea, but I'm telling you what. Now, one, I've been there once before, and I made the mistake the first time I went to load up on the delicious salad bar. Mistake. No, big mistake. Don't ever do that. Don't do that, because they just continue to bring around meat, and they carve it right at the table and slop it on your plate. And so it was just, uh, I mean, meat, meat, just like a big meat carousel that came around the table and I'm telling you what I just pounded. <laughs> I mean, it's New York steak. It's, you know, sirloin, it's filet mignon, and it's everything you could imagine. There's even got chicken. Why anybody would eat that when you've got all the Cuz it's wrapped, wrapped in bacon. Great point. The chicken is wrapped in bacon. Mhm. But I'm telling you what, Mike, it was delicious. But I will say this, I was a bit uncomfortable last night trying to get some sleep laying in my bed with that big old meat baby in my belly. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Thinking about releasing a birth, st- a birth announcement. <laughs> I feel better today. Yeah. I feel better. You, you got the, the you got rid of the meat baby? I got rid of the <laughs> two-pound meat baby. So I'm feeling... <laughs> I'm feeling That's much, nasty. much better. Right That's now. nasty. Yeah. However, we've all been there. Yeah, we've absolutely. all been there. We have all been there. Uh, have we all? Have we all been to the point where we were so fixated on shaving, like Baker Mayfield is? So now, m- m- mustache gate. So now, Baker has come out and said, "Well, I went with the handlebar during the game because I was undefeated." In college, in the pros with the handlebar, but now that we've lost, I didn't deserve to wear the handlebar anymore. That's why he shaved after the game and looked like Daniel Stern's character, Wet Bandits from Home Alone. Yeah, I, like again, the the overall lack of maturity from that franchise in general is perplexing to me. I mean, you just go through, you know, you go through one. Is there a commercial that was turned down? It Was there an opportunity off the field that was turned down to build your quote-unquote brand during the offseason? Because think about it now. I'm not saying you can't get your work done, Mike, because I think you can. But obviously, I think you have to also think about what the perception of the general public will be when every time they throw a commercial break during a comer- during a game, you're on that commercial. So I think the perception is one of those things. Like Tom Brady didn't start making commercials until Tom Brady was in your like year twelve or like he stayed away from a lot of that stuff. Probably as did Peyton Manning early in his career. I think there's a point where I'm not saying you can't get your work done, but you know, from the general public standpoint, perception becomes reality, and if the perception is you're just out there worried about building a brand and not building a career, Um, that becomes a problem. And I'm not saying Baker isn't worried about building a career. I just think the way you go about it, you open yourself up to scrutiny. Then it was, what was it? Oh, look at us. Like, the hype is real. You better get ready. Like, we're buying into all the garbage that everybody's spewing, you know, on all these talk shows about, hey, the Cleveland Browns are a Super Bowl contender. Like, they've bought into all that garbage. And then when it started to go bad, he's like, oh, well, you know, people are going to throw us in the trash, and, you know, that's fine. Right. Fine, we'll remember this. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, just, you know, it's like, okay, you've seen the movie Bull Durham, right? Mm-hmm. So, remember the scene when Crash Davis, he's in the minors with Nuke He's trying yes. to mentor Nuke Yeah. And he he holds up Nuke shower shoes. Right, right. And they're all covered in, like, mold. Yeah, fungus or Right, whatever. right. And he's yeah. like, he goes, win 20 games in the show and wear... Disgusting shower shoes, and people think you're colorful. Right. Do it now, and people think you're a slob. Right. That's Baker Mayfield right now. It's like, you know, you back all this stuff up, back up all this talk and this bravado with wins, and people are like, damn, this guy's like one of the most charismatic guys in sports. Right. Right now, he just looks like a tool. He looks like a toolbox. Yeah, and and the whole franchise. I mean, I, you know, I made fun of Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ for handing Tom Brady those, you know, goat hair shoes. And I just – my vision was Tom Brady walking directly into the locker room and just dumping them in the trash because I think that's about – you know, like Tom Brady's like, what the hell would I want with one of your goat hair shoes? Let's say goat on them. Like can you be – like can you be any more fixated on shit that doesn't matter, Right. You're playing the biggest game. Your franchise is reeling right now. You've had all this offseason hype. You're playing the biggest game year-to-date against the New England Patriots, and you're worried about scurrying across the field after the game. Think about what goes into that. To hand Tom Brady a pair of goat hair cleats, so think about what goes into that. You have to, one, have looked at the schedule and say, hey, we play New England in what week, whatever, so i got to make sure that I get to my cleat manufacturer and get the goat hair shoe made, right? And then I've got to make sure that I bring said goat hair shoe out with me, store it on the sideline, and as soon as the game is over, I've got to run it across the sideline to meet with Tom Brady. Like, all this shit went through your head. Are you sick? Like, all of that went through your head as you were supposed to be preparing for, for the biggest game of your career to date as a Cleveland Brown. And that's what you're thinking about. And then the following week, as if that weren't bad enough, the following week you take on the Denver Broncos and you wear a pair of Joker cleats that you know don't meet uniform code and you have to change them at halftime. And all that got you what? Well, What does that get you? Some mentions on this podcast? No, it just opens yourself up for ridicule. And while we want our athletes to be honest, you know, to share things with us, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you can't still be ridiculed for it. I'll give you another example. How about Mitch Trubisky? Coming out and admitting. Oh, my goodness. Admitting. Yeah. Yeah, I asked for all the televisions in in our facility, Hallis Hall, Hall, to be muted so that we don't have to hear the criticism. I look, dude. That, that just makes you look weak. That that makes it you look like you just have have rabbit ears. That, and for for a market, a rabid sports fan market like Chicago with their media, you're you're gonna make an admission like that. Right. I mean, talk about throwing raw meat into the lion's den. Right. Anytime somebody says, "Hey, we," so we don't have to hear the criticism for about us, and we don't have—I mean, you sound like a damn French w- waiter with all the wee wee's, right? Wee wee, <laughs> like, dude, it's you. Yeah, you don't want to listen to the criticism. You don't. And, and by the way, my guy just called the Chicago. I've called. I've called three Bears games this year, and the last two were losses. One to Oakland, where they just got their ass kicked up front. And this one to Philly, same thing, got their ass kicked up front, both offensively and defensively, Mike. And, um, you know, with that said, like, there are pl- there's plenty of blame. It's not just Mitch Trubisky. I mean, the system that they run with the players that they have, their players can't execute. You know, it's very similar, by the way, Doug Peterson and, and Matt Nagy, like, they grew up in coaching together. They coached with Philadelphia Eagles together. Then they went to Kansas City together. They were and they like they kind of followed each other, right? Like when Tug Peterson went from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. Then Matt Nagy went to offensive assistant to quarterbacks coach. And then when Doug Peterson got hired as a head coach, Matt Nagy went to offensive coordinator. Right? They they have had this similar career path, right? That's what they've done. And Doug Peterson can get away with running some of that, you know, that scheme. Because he's got five guys up front that can that can go 5-0 protection and just whip your ass. Like Lane Johnson is a great right tackle. Um, Brandon Brooks to me is probably the best right guard in football. Their center in Jason Kelsey is ridiculous. Um Isaac Sayamalo, I think is how you say his name, is is a tremendous right guard. And Jason Peters, one of the best tackles that's ever played. And oh, by the way, Jason Peters getting old. They ended up getting a kid from Washington State and Andre Dillard, who's coming and started the last three games and, and played really well for them. So, like, you can do that when you have, you know, arguably the best offensive line in football. You can't do that when you're Chicago Bears. So there's plenty of play, blame to go around. You look at the game that that I called Chicago at Philadelphia, a bunch of those wide receivers can't get open one on. They're, they're not getting open one on one. And everybody wants to blame Mitch Trubisky for being terrible. Well, you're you're not winning your one on ones. You're not winning the line of scrimmage. You're not capturing that. Um, and you know, ultimately, does Mitch have to play better? Absolutely, has to play better. But you've got to call better plays. You've got to be better up front. Your receivers have to beat the one on ones. I mean, there's a there's a, a ton of stuff. So going you don't think on he's right on the road to being a bust? It 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 sure feels like it. Well, I listen. From a skill set standpoint, Mike, I think the kid has got some skills. No, oh, well, there are plenty of quarterbacks who busted out of this league who had skills. Yeah, but right now, from the neck up, I think he's—I think he is like he's a guy that feels to me like he's trying to talk himself into a—you know—it's almost the Stuart Smalley school of football, right? Because I'm big enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. You know, I mean, that's—that's that's what it feels like to me. And I think from a confidence standpoint, he's rattled, he's shaken, and and rightfully so. Hey, let's get to some of the games this weekend. Not a, not a huge slate of uh, big games, but a few. Um, you got Green Bay and Carolina. Yes. Green Bay coming off that uh, kind of shocking, dominating loss at the hands of the Chargers. And you, you got Carolina, and, and the Carolina storyline is even more interesting now, because Cam Newton done for the season mm-hmm. done as a panther I mean is he playing somewhere else next year uh I don't yeah I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be a panther next year um it's gonna be interesting to see what the market is for Cam Newton because Cam Newton has in my mind been you know woefully inadequate when it comes to um, when it comes to just kind of uh, accuracy right um so that's been a real problem him is just being accurate and where he uh where he's been really good is the designed runs the quarterback counters and all the you know the 810 designed runs that you get for him a game and all the singled up play action stuff that come off those things that's that's where he's been really good and so I um you know I look at that and I think that is that is a tough thing because he's going to be, what, 31 next year, I think? And all of a sudden you're you're like the guy that's only really had success being, you know, being that athletic kind of freak show. If that's taken away from him, can he beat you, you know, as a prototypical quarterback that has good mo- mobility but from the pocket? Can and he I morph? A lot of people would say probably not. Because I, I think of somebody like uh, a Steve Young. Who is nothing but a running quarterback and his days in f- Tampa? For for most of his professional days. And then he gets to San Francisco and, and he became a dynamic passer. Still had the element of being able to run, right. but it became much, much less. And just about beating you with his arm, and he was able to do it. So can Cam Newton make that late mid career transformation like that? Um, I mean, that remains to be seen. I, I think the the issue that you get into, Mike, is is who's going to who's going to buy into that? Who's going to say, "Okay, this is this is the direction we're going" when you know, frankly, frankly, he just has never really done it. Although, I will give him credit for this. Last year for the first 6 or 7 games, he was actually really good from the pocket. Um and so maybe that's, you know, maybe that maybe that's who Cam Newton could be. But remember, he had the shoulder injury, he's had the foot injury, he's had all these injuries. Maybe if you just actually got him healthy, then maybe he could make that transition. But again, once you get hurt, you know, the difference between Steve Young and him is Steve Young was never hurt during that time. So he made that. He made that transition. Tra- transition when you're hurt all the time you're always trying to overcome <laughs> those injuries that makes it just that much more difficult but he is he's a very charismatic guy uh-huh. and if you're a struggling franchise needing to get a new face uh, uh, generate some buzz sell some tickets some merchandise yeah, you could do worse with the defense in with, Chicago with, you know going with, to a guy like Newton with a defense that they have in Chicago and you know they've got some they've got you know, I mean, they're they're a kind of an eclectic, kind of spread type of offense. Could can't, could you see Cam Newton fitting in Chicago? Yeah. If they just decide that, hey, Trubisky is just like he just is, he's a bust, or he just can't handle you know the pressure of being a quarterback in Chicago. Hey, look, there are a lot of coaches. There are a lot of teams out there that just don't want the headache of trying to you know bring along and babysit and mama cat a young quarterback. Certainly, coaches they you know they don't mm-hmm. want their Future employment tied to a young quarterback. There, there is still a lot of value out there to the idea of hey, bringing in a guy who's who's done it before, even if he's got a, a bit of a checkered past. That's why Cam Newton will have work somewhere. That's why Andy Dalton, if his yeah. days are truly numbered in Cincinnati, Andy Dalton's one of the winningest quarterbacks to come into the NFL in the last ten years. I mean, easily one of the probably top five winningest quarterbacks to come into the league in the last 10 years. He'll get a shot somewhere else. Yeah, you could do a lot worse than Andy yeah. Dalton being your quarterback. I agree with that. So you got that game. Uh, interesting. And they're all NFC games. Uh, Dallas and Minnesota. Yeah, should be a good one, right? Dallas looked a lot better uh, beating the Giants the other night. It was the Giants, but still. And uh, Minnesota... I thought Minnesota—they got to be kicking themselves a little bit. You know, they had they had a golden opportunity to go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs without Mahomes, and they lose to Matt Moore. So they'll be looking to bounce back. And there's still that. There's always going to be that. Hey, you know, Kirk Cousins when he has to when he has to play a team that has a winning record, blah 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 blah, in a marquee type game, yeah, in a marquee matchup type game, he just can't get it done. And, And you know, I mean, I don't like. Is that real? Is that fake? Is that like... Is that in your head? I mean, what do you think? I, you know, do you I think mean, he literally takes? Here's, here's a guy that just becomes been, aware of his surroundings yeah. and is like, "Ooh." Here's a guy that's absolutely been killing it. Yeah, for about four or five weeks in a row, right? Killing it. Last week he goes into Arrowhead. He's nineteen of 50 percent completion percentage, two hundred twenty yards, five point eight. Per attempt, three TDs, no interceptions, three TDs, which is good, but only 50% completion against the Kansas City defense, Mike. That, all right, so they throttled the, they, they throttled, that defense throttled the Denver Broncos, right? On a Thursday night, but come on, that defense was a big question mark going into that game, and maybe they're playing a little bit better from a pass rush standpoint, but to only complete 50% of your passes, there's got to be something there. I don't know if you put too much pressure on yourself, if you can't play with freedom, if you're so aware that when I play in marquee matchups, I kind of piss down my leg. You know, is there something to it? Um, You know, maybe, 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 maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that, hey, man, there's another marquee matchup, and I play, you know, I play tight. Maybe that's, maybe that's the deal. I don't know. But here's another marquee matchup against the, the Dallas Cowboys. You can maybe erase some of those uh, stigmas that are attached to you, some of that narrative that's attached to you. And, you know, you look at the best division races right now, does it get any better than the NFC West? You got no. San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams. I mean, what kind of division, how good is your division where the Rams – are the third place team. The right. Rams are the team flying under the radar. And oh by the way, the Arizona Cardinals are not just an automatic win. Anymore. They're just not, I mean, they're not an easy matchup with what they're doing with Kyler Murray. So that division is great, but you've um, seen a lot of San Francisco and Seattle. Yeah. yeah. I mean nobody's more well versed to break this one down than you. <sighs> they're both really they're both really good football teams. And, and they're both, you know, and Pete Carroll had said this to me couple of weeks ago, he's like, you know, I love the fact that it's coming full circle. I love the fact that the teams that know how to run it, that are committed to run it, that work on running it, those are the teams that are winning football games. Like teams that are, are willing to dominate a line of scrimmage, willing to play complementary football, willing to take the pressure off their defense to some degree with the way they run it. Those teams are exceptional. And you look at Chris Carson, the Seattle Seahawks, and the, physical, the physicality he runs with. You look at the... uh just the two tight ends, the fullback, the motions, um, the running game of San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it that that is a that is a great, great matchup. And it comes down to this. I mean, ultimately it comes down to can you defend the second chance plays of the Seattle Seahawks? Because I said this on a broadcast. When things break down, it's like Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett went to Hogwarts together. They they are on, I mean, they are just totally connected. Right, I mean, it's unbelievable to watch those two when things break down. How they just can read each other's minds—it's magical. It's there's a wand. It's Harry Potter esque <laughs> There's a wand. There's a wand. Okay. Expecto Patronus. Is that what you say? Yeah. Is that your uh, that's my that's your go-to? Expecto Patronus. That's right. Well, should be a good weekend of NFL football and. Uh, you know, sit back. You you actually get a chance, a rare weekend off for you I calling know. games. So And no Broncos I, game. And for no us. Bronco game here for us. So how I you might, gonna, how might. you gonna spend your weekend? Well, I've got my granddaughters this weekend. Uh huh. So Popo's got the granddaughters. Uh-huh. I might just throw on the red zone and just, just kind of soak afternoon. it all in. It's a good call. It's a good it's the way to do it. So way to do it. If you don't have, if if there's isn't a game where you don't really have a, a a pony in the fight, just put the red zone on. Just watch football. The pony fight. Do they? Do, uh, you put, they, 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 do they have a, some they type fight, of pony fighting? Or do they, yeah. Do like they? Some. They, they put underground. They, they kind of pony, rear back. You know. Woo, some and then underground they, like. pony fighting ring right. that you they, they, they don't talk about. It. What's the first rule rule of Pony, pony Fight fights? Club? We don't talk the about first it. first rule of Pony Fight Club <laughs> is we don't talk about Pony Fight Club. That's right <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that a was a, a goat. <laughs> oh, that was a goat. <laughs> <laughs> winnie. I don't know how to winnie pony. You grew up around horses. I know. Doing horse poop. <laughs> Didn't you do horse poop Horse poop fights? Yeah, we did do horse poop fights. <laughs> yeah. horse, horse apples. apples. Horse apples. It's a real thing they did in Alaska. They sure. would. Everybody. Everybody know, was growing up most, around You, you know, how most people, like, you know, normal people got together and divvied up for snowball fights. They did it to toss ho- horse poop back and forth at each other. Right? So, no, uh, yeah, Sure. Uh, there's nothing better than a good old fashioned horse poop war. <laughs> Jeez. Just throw one right in a kisser. Oh, oh I Oh yeah! Horse poop in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> let's go eat. Let's <laughs> go eat lunch. Yeah. Everybody laughs. laughs. Oh, you got horse poop in his mouth. <laughs> and then you're done. Yeah, you that's know, not a big deal. On that note, horse poop. All right, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast, we appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll be back with you next week.